Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. I'm Mark Herbal. I'm Patrick Dodd. Joining us today, friend of the pod, Ryan Utech from SAP Fieldglass. Ryan, good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. So today we're having a conversation about managers and resources across teams, which is our last episode. This little snippet that we popped in where we were talking about managers and how they deal with all of these resources. And we thought it would be a great topic to just follow right up with. So, Mark, talk to me about managers and how they deal with resources in multiple teams. Which manager are we talking about, though? People managers? Uh, great question, Ryan. So I think we're talking about people managers. Okay. Because if I'm a people manager and I have multiple people on multiple teams, I want to know what's going on. So how does that impact my life? Well, it's a, if I'm following the question right, it's a difficult problem because they're kind of out of my scope for a while. And, you know, I have to rely on the other teams telling me that they're doing what they're supposed to. And also how best to make sure that they're being utilized to the, to the right level and not overused, you know, um, it's, and it comes down to, if we're really trying to do agile, right, we want to make sure that we make this as straightforward and simple as possible. And one of those things that people resort to is let's have some kind of external, you know, physical thing. We keep track of people's time and things like that. Um, and then it's, it goes back to conversations over documentation. You know, do we really want to make a bunch of busy work where people have to write down, they spend, you know, 6% of their time and they had a bathroom break and that just stuff just gets tedious. Right. And it, it's, it takes up more time to do that than just solving the problem. So um, how do you, how, how do you best track people's time, make sure that they're allocated correctly. And, you know, one of those things we talked about earlier in the previous podcast is by definition, if I'm shared between teams, I'm going to probably become more of a bottleneck periodically. So do we have an alerting system where somebody can come to me as a manager and say, by the way, I'm getting pulled in two different directions, you know, help, help sort out which is the higher priority that I should work on and, and make that as, you know, if I can't solve it myself and there's, you know, the, the war and nation state problem, like, can you jump in and help figure out what this is? Uh, Ryan, walk me through, because, you know, as we talked about in the last podcast, you have a lot of teams that are running through this scenario. So, you know, how many events do you think managers need to be a part of? People manager? I think it should be interesting once in a while to join a stand-up with theirs to make sure, and even if it's a fun time to join a stand-up as a shadow on the wall and that they really don't notice you're there, uh, to really know if they're doing the process right, right? It, you, people managers, hey, are they doing the work? But also, are they doing the work in the way that we're trying to do the work, right? And if you're trying to do it in agile, scrum, fashion, are they following along that way uh but the minimum one probably would be a sprint review to know where each project review is at and what has been done and where things are going next at least at a high level there yeah, so, so that, if i'm an if i'm an end-to-end qe person i want to know when it's done so then i can do my testing right well and patrick wouldn't you say that when it comes to this kind of circumstance if you're a people manager you want to, as a coach or a facilitator or as a scrum master, you want to be able to have that understanding with the people manager. Hey, by the way, you don't really get to say much of anything. That's right. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a balance with people managers because 
I've coached quite a few people managers in the past not to turn scrum meetings into status updates. Right. Um, because that's one of the most common anti-patterns of a daily standup, which is it goes from daily planning and unblocking each other to becoming a status update on project progress. But on the flip side of that, they're asking for a reason. They're asking because they don't have some knowledge that they need. And so I think that pivots the conversation to, okay, well, how do you get this knowledge? And, right. and, and like Mark said, it's conversations above documentation. So instead of spinning up a new tool, talking to the manager and just asking, what is it you're missing is, is a good conversation to start with. Because it may not even necessitate, you know, showing up to the meetings every day or turning the stand up into a status report or creating, God forbid, another meeting uh, for status. Um, right. it, it, it might just be that there's something that they can get uh, a quick and easy method of delivery. We don't know until we've had that conversation. Right. right. That made me just think about, actually just made me think about something else, which is the team should recognize they have people that show up periodically and it's contingent upon them to think ahead to what they need them to know so that they don't have to show up at everything. And we talked as we were prepping for this about, I, I worked with somebody who actually asked to be included in all of the three teams that she was supposed to be working on as a QE person, because she said, I need to hear everything. So I need to be in every single meeting, invite me to everything. And if that, if she actually did that, she'd have almost no time to do any QE. And the problem was that she didn't know when she was going to hear something that was vital for her. So then you go back to the teams and say, you know, as you do things that directly impact QE, you should consider that and kind of bunch them up so that when we get together with this person, that we can say, here's what you need to know. You know, it's consolidated into a, a single event, maybe at the end of the week, let's say Friday, when they show up for stand-up, you say, hey, by the way, this is what's accumulated over the last week you need to know. And that, now you don't have to show up for everything. Well, and I also think about that for things like Scrum at Scale, right? So if you are doing scrum of scrums or scrum of scrum of scrums or you're doing any scrum. one of those any large scale stuff right you have to be able to have whoever represents you in the meeting condense the information into something that's useful and to actually be able to share it and you know we talked about how how do you scale it and how do you make it actionable and i think it behooves everybody on the team to be engaged and involved and present in the in whatever event it is so that when somebody comes up to you and says hey patrick did you get that thing done or where are you guys at on this you know patrick's not sitting there with deer in the headlights right just if, right for those for those who can watch the video of this patrick did a perfect deer in the headlight but it is the conversation that you have to have so that scrum masters or facilitators or coaches can be able to go to managers or stakeholders because that's the other one that drops into all this is that stakeholders come in and they're like i want to know what's going on because this project's really important and it's like okay let me give you the 30 second 50,000 foot view and if you want to attend be prepared to come to the event and know that you're a stakeholder and it's interesting because one of the things you said um, regarding that type of communication yeah. We actually coach product owners to do that with their visions quite regularly. Like make your vision something that if an executive in the elevator says, Hey, what does your product do? You can yeah. rattle it off. It's one, it's yep. two or three sentences conveys the meaning. It's inspirational. 
boom. And that's something that I, I think translates into other things. Like if you're working on a project as a developer, somebody meets you in the elevator, you have two or three sentences, oh yeah, this is where we're at, this is what this project's doing. There you go. And, and watch out for the product owner that says, I always give my elevator pitches in the Sears Tower in Chicago because it allows me to have a, 120 floors in which I can explain my situation. Exhibit Q. <laughs> yeah, but if you get the one that's going to the sky deck, it's like 100 and some odd floors like a snap and your ears pop halfway up, right? <laughs> so you really have no time. Yeah, you, you have very little time. That's I awesome. Thought, it's like there's an analogy, but okay. <laughs> No, I like it because it's, the, <laughs> you know, for, for those who are familiar with Seattle, you could have it be where you're on the Space Needle tour. And so you've got until you get to the top of the Space Needle. It's not, actually, that, it's not that long. That actually was a real example where they took startup companies and they put them on an elevator on the Space Needle, I think with Bezos and somebody else, and said, yeah. you've got from the bottom to the top and you have to explain to us what you want to do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I find that that level of communication cuts short a lot of meetings that would otherwise <laughs> spiral into churn oblivion. Right. Well, we've all been in we've all been in events where you have multiple stakeholders who just pop in. You know, it's like with the air quote pop in to see how things are going and it's the how can you get the team to be focused to get to the thing that they need to hear? And how do, is there a way you can do information radiators to help stakeholders get all of that information without having to ping the team all the time? All the time. And, and how else do you interrupt them when they throw in a question, right? When it's, it's completely out of scope. It's like, completely. okay, great question, but that's not, this is not the forum for that right now yep. in that case. Yeah. But it is, a, it is a weird problem because for one of the groups of teams that I deal with that's doing scrum, scrums, we will talk just beforehand in their stand-up and they'll say, do we have anything that we need to talk about with the other teams? And they'll come up with a couple of things and we'll get into that meeting, the scrum of scrums, and they'll call on the team like, do you have anything? And they go, nope, nothing from us. Like, how did we a half an hour ago have three things you want to discuss and now we don't have anything? Like, what happened? And this has happened more than once. As in, I'm not thinking that me as a representative of this team projects into basically doing the same thing, but at the next level up, which is, here's the stuff my team is doing, and I need to just raise that up to the next level. It seems like some people just initially can't get the idea that it's, it's the same thing, but a little bit broader in scope, and you are now responsible for that like you would be in stand-up. There's no difference, you know? Right. And, and in a similar way, if I'm jumping between teams, you know, I would like you guys to consolidate for me periodically what I need to know and not ping me constantly with everything. Because by definition, I think when we talk about people spanning multiple teams, most of them are doing things that are more of a generalized nature and don't need, you know, instantaneous reaction. Sure. But at the same time, like, you know, don't, don't pull the rug out from underneath me and tell me two weeks from now when everything's changed, like keep me updated as we go like that that balance between the two well and what i appreciate about this conversation is that we really started with a thought about managers and we've actually pivoted a little bit towards stakeholders because both of them have the same intent they're trying to figure out how they can have the conversation up their value chain to figure out what's going on with project x well it's and, the same problem too right because it's completely. like there's information how do i get it yep 
And I think that goes back to the, if we can provide an information radiator so that it's not always word of mouth. And so that's why you see tools like Jira or version one, they have to have a thing where there's a, where I can get all of my information, but it's only as good as what's put in. And it's only as good as the tool itself. And so that's why, you know, individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Before the turn of the century, and I mean that literally, uh, my wife at the time was having to do a status report for management once a week that took eight hours for her to do. And in and, and in defiance of that, because I wasn't in that group, I was in a different group in the same large company in the in Pacific Northwest. Um, I decided I was going to have my leads provide me only three things um, every week, which is what they did last week, what they're going to do next week, and what they want help on. And I, I am very serious. Like the Agile Manifesto hadn't come into being yet. Yet to me, it seemed like the most obvious way to not write eight-hour status reports that we later verified no one ever read. Right. <laughs> right. Just like recording the sprint reviews. Like, uh, okay, nobody goes and re- rewatches you, that hour, hour and a half. You know what's interesting okay, is that I, I, I get, I get once in a blue moon, somebody's like, "Where's that? Where's the sprint review?" Okay, sure. I'm, I'm glad that we're saving, we're saving multiple uh, hard drives worth of sprint reviews, terabytes of sprint reviews, right? <laughs> I document I a high-level summary in a wiki, <laughs> and my other team uses Timeline JS and uses GitHub Pages and par- produces it in a visual format. But you know, it's really <laughs> funny because I've I've got teams I work with where all they do is they drop a they do a quick like two-minute video into Slack. Done. And it's like if you watch it, cool, and if you don't, cool. And I, I think I think that a if somebody goes back three months to a sprint review and watches it and then says they have a question, I would hope that that question has become irrelevant. <laughs> right. Oh my god! And that that is a perfect place for us to end today. That's the end of this episode. I'm Brent. I'm Mark. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ryan. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider, shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup. Up.